Welcome once again to Cinemaholics, the major motion podcast where we talk about the biggest and best films coming to theaters and streaming online. From the San Francisco Bay Area, I'm John Groney, film editor for InBetweenDrafts.com, and from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, he's a news and entertainment writer at Collider. It's Will Ashton. Hey, Will, how you doing? I'm fine. Well, how are you? I'm pretty good. I uh, I got to meet Zach Braff today. That's right, nice. We're talking right after I just met one of my like personal movie slash TV show icons. That was cool. Uh, I mean, it's a strong word, uh, but I'm glad uh, it went well. It's fun. I well, told I, you. I was a bigger fan of Scrubs growing up than you were, huh? I don't think so. I mean, I, I was a pretty big fan of Scrubs. I think you've uh, latched onto it more than maybe I have. But well, yeah, uh, we were we were obsessed. That that was that was a big obsession of mine and my friends in high school, especially. Uh, I had I had all the DVDs, all all that stuff. I wasn't, you know, I I remember watching Garden State and being like a movie, but I I don't think I had that same attachment to his uh, directorial efforts. Um, um, I have plenty to say about his uh, directorial efforts. If uh, we do end up reviewing this new film of his, uh, I don't know if we are or not. I've already seen it. I'm a good person. It. I don't know if you. Yeah. So it, it's are you? you know, I interviewed him it? for the movie. Yeah, I'm under embargo. Mm. Um, until a couple of days before the film comes out. Okay. Uh, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be in theaters, Florence Pugh and Morgan Freeman. And it's, you know, it's, it's kind of fascinating to see him back at it. Cause he, mm. he hasn't done a movie kind of like this, like he did going in style, but yeah. he hasn't done like an indie kind of movie like this since, uh, 2014. It's been almost a decade. Well, and yeah, uh, blink once if it's good and blink twice if it's bad. Okay. Probably can't even see what I just did, but, uh, right. and I, I will, I'll say too, um, it, I've been a fan of his uh, TV that he's been directing, but you haven't been watching those shows. So it's like, you don't really well, like you haven't watched shrinking or Ted Lasso, which he directs. I, I watched the episode he did of Ted Lasso. He did the other show for ABC. I watched like a couple episodes or maybe one episode of it. Which show are you thinking of? He Not was, Alex Inc. Yeah. Cause he was a star of it. And like the director for most of the episodes. I remember. Oh, I see. But th- this is a little bit more similar cause he's not in a good person. He doesn't star in it. And so that's more like Ted Lasso and Shrinking. He doesn't star in those. But th- those are the shows. Uh, I don't know because he's friends with like Bill Lawrence, who did Scrubs. Anyway, lots of Zach Braff talk we could probably have down the road. Yeah. What's, but, uh, what's funny? Know, to, we're here to talk about something else. I was going to say, what's funny to me, though, is I already mentioned this to you off the air. But I in college, I interviewed Donald Faison. So that literally makes me the Turk to your uh, JD. Yeah. Is, that, yeah. is that what we're going with? You're I think the Turk? So. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, who's, who's Dr. Cox? Oh, that's got to be exactly. Mike Overholst, who hasn't watched Scrubs, I found out. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of wild to me, actually. Um, I didn't even, I don't even know if I let him know that uh, I was interviewing Zach Braff, but no, it was cool. First in-person interview I've done since COVID. I just think I just realized that. Yeah. But yeah, it was a good time. Yeah. But uh, he gave me some advice about how to drink chamomile tea, which I found very interesting. Cool. Bored you sick? I was sick. Yeah. So I, I've had, uh, the reason we didn't do our Oscar episode on time was because, uh, I was, uh, on bed rest. Yeah. I didn't watch the Oscars either. Um, and so like, I'm, I don't know what's going on. Who won best picture? It beats me. It was everything everywhere all at once. I did know that. I got the news alert. I, I got the, like, literally, uh, I got the news alerts and people were kind of telling me, it was like, oh my God, like Mike was texting us. I was like, oh, you know, the K of Kwan won. And like, yeah, over and over, it was just like 
the news was trickling in, mm. but I heard it was a pretty boring Oscar ceremony. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, the ceremony it. itself was, uh, you know, very safe. Like it seemed like they kind of went out of their way to uh, separate themselves from last year. In but ways, the viewership both, was higher. Uh, slightly. Yeah, I, th- I still think it was like the third lowest viewed Oscar. So it's, it's like you know, uh. You know, I don't know if it's like a, a roaring achievement, but it was, you know, uh, <laughs> an improvement. Yeah. It also made it easier, I think, to stream and like watch that stuff live than it used to be. It used to be kind of hard to find this stuff. Like, I think more people now have things like live TV on like Hulu or YouTube or Slang or whatever it is because they want to watch sports. And I think that tech is starting to catch up a little bit. But one of these days, I got to. I got to sit you down and have a, a longer form chat about the state of streaming. We haven't had a, a check in about that stuff in a while, but that's, that's been in the news. That's been popping and lots of, lots of bad news, more, more bad than good. I think. Is this about Nancy Myers movie being canceled by Netflix? Hey, there is that too. Yeah. Streaming services just aren't taking the risks they used to. And it makes business sense, but it's certainly uh, times are changing, but hmm. we're here to talk about scream six. Sure. Which we just we just talked about a Scream movie like a year ago. We we went from Scream four to Scream five, and which we had to call Scream twenty twenty two or whatever because it was the the joke was that it was a reboot sequel. Um, we went like a decade without a Scream movie. And then all of a sudden, we're getting this these two like back to back. I'm kind of surprised they were able to turn them out so quickly. Do you think that they made Scream Six like right after, like during and after Scream Five, or do you think they were kind of making these knowing, like they they went ahead and started production before Scream Five even came out? Um, that's what I want to know. I don't know. I mean, it mirrors the release of Scream One, Scream Two, right? Because they came out within a year of each other. So I don't remember. I mean, we were pretty young at the time, but I don't remember Scream Two had like started production in the same kind of way, but yeah. Uh, and I, I think it's like the same team behind the last screen movie, but I don't think Kevin Richardson did anything for this one. And um, obviously Wes Craven's not here. Kevin Williams saying, thank you. And uh, yeah. So scream six, you want to get into it? Sure. About this movie? Let's talk about it. Uh, now we'll remind the listeners, uh, the last screen movie, I liked it. I, I thought it was, you know, it was good. I, I didn't, I wasn't over the moon for it, but I thought it was a, a very worthy sort of like return to scream franchise fun uh remind me what you thought of it did, did, did you like scream five uh yeah i mean i think i was a little more down on it than you comparatively but i still enjoyed it i thought it was uh you know like a solid kind of return to form in some respects but also not very substantive like it was just kind of more decent than good like i yeah it didn't like move the needle in any like major way right yeah even like with its cast i think its cast is like like jenna ortega was already kind of like blowing up and Melissa Barrera was coming off of In the Heights. But I mean, you know, it's I, I don't think that the movie kind of like shook up their profiles at all. Right. Didn't I mean, really hit culture in a strong way. I think it certainly helped uh, Jenna Ortega as far as her continued rise. But I don't know if it has has much of an impact compared to Wednesday on Netflix. I, I would say it doesn't. I, I would say that you could take Scream 5 out of her filmography and she would still be every bit as big of a star right now. Uh, because of Wednesday mostly, um, but also like those other smaller projects she's uh, or other s- projects she's done that have been smaller, like that season of you that she was in, you know? And, and yeah. I mean, she's, she's uh, becoming like one of our major, like Gen Z actors, hmm. right? You and uh, Mike and I were having a conversation about this. Sure. And uh, I, I stand by it. I think that she's, you know, blowing up like crazy. I mean, you keep saying that uh, Jenna Ortega was on you. But I don't know if she I was? 
am sure if you're telling the truth or not. Why? I don't know. I mean, it just seems like something you What's untrustworthy you would make up. about that claim? Know. It just seems <laughs> like something. What would I have to up. gain? I don't know. He's like, you just keep you keep bringing it up, John. It's just it's a little suspicious that you keep repeating something as if it's true. <laughs> as, if, as if it was fake, I'd probably forget that I said that. I don't know. It just seems like something you'd make up. I just want to be trusted. Uh, this new screen movie takes place fittingly about a year later. It takes place in New York, though. We're out of Woodsboro. We don't we don't go out of Woodsboro very often for these screen movies, right? But again, it, it is kind of uh, mirroring the second movie because uh, one of the characters is in college, and then yeah. we're in a new environment. Yeah, you know, I'm trying to remember. Well, where's the college in the second one? Because I was trying to remember if this is the first one outside of the third one that I can, was. I don't remember, but I think it's probably like in L.A. or something, or somewhere like in California. Was it? I, I don't think that they went as far. Yeah, because in this movie they go all the way to New York City. Yeah, I don't I think say, any of them been in New York. They go on the Third opposite one, was, side of the country. This one, uh, yeah, it was, yeah. Because mm. the fourth one, they they definitely go back to the roots, and then, but yeah, and then yes. the third one, they go they're in Hollywood, baby, and then yeah, I just can't remember yes. where the second one was. Looking. Like my my thinking is like I want to say it's like UCLA or something, or maybe it's like a fictional college town. Hmm. Um, I'm kind of trying to look it up right now, but I'm not finding it yet. But I'll get there. Um, but yeah, uh, I found the plot synopsis. I did it. Uh, and it doesn't say. It doesn't say over here. It just says that they're, they go to a party and yeah, Whatever. Windsor College. Yeah, I think I think it's just like, a, maybe it is in Woodsboro. That's why I but thought. But it's like a college in Woodsboro. Huh. I thought it was in Woodsboro, but I didn't know for sure. I guess so. I mean, that makes more sense. Like the other characters would be around who aren't at that college. So anyway. Because you didn't watch, you watched uh, or rewatched the originals, right? Uh, right before you watched Scream Four, uh, Scream Five, yeah. Wait, because you said on well, I just well, played I some audio had this. seen for the first time the oh, and then you rewatched for Scream Five. That's oh. correct. Yeah, yeah. So you did it both times. Yeah. Okay, and so yeah, and in your opinion of the Scream franchise, uh, a refresher is uh, you like these movies, right? Uh, yeah, more than I don't. Uh, I really like the first one a lot, as most people do. Mm-hmm. I think it's, uh, you know, kind of a miracle type rope tonally. Uh, you know, it's just, you know, a great script. And then Wes Craven at the height of his powers, just making a really solid movie that, you know, still works today. Surprisingly. It does. Uh, well, even- it's a time capsule, you know, it t- and, and I think all these movies are meant to sort of speak on the movies of the time that they're coming out, the horror movies of their time. Yeah. And that first one is lasts because that type of horror movie still lasts. We still have a functioning idea of what horror slashers were like in the nineties and how those tropes work. Right. right. I just, I mean, it, it's impressive that it still works considering that half of its whole deal is kind of taking the piss out of the tropes of the eighties and early nineties horror, f- you know, films of the yeah. time. Uh, you know, I like I don't know if Cabin of Woods holds up as well comparatively. If we're going to look at a film of a I similar, would say it does. I don't know. I've only seen that one once. Um, but yeah, I mean, Scream One, great. I really enjoy Scream Two. Uh, you know, both times I've seen it, I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, I don't think it works as well as the first one, mainly because the the ghost face reveals is a little silly to me in the second one. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's quite as uh, strong. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think the third one... The third one's even sillier, though. And then the sixth one is this... No, I yeah. won't say anything. Uh, the third one, um, I think I respect it more the second time I saw it, giving 
it uh, more of a, I don't know, I, I guess I was more respectful of the fact that it was trying to kind of comment on Harvey Weinstein and the the evil things that he does in Hollywood. Uh, Honestly, the third one is the blurriest for me. Like, I barely remember see, any of it compared to the others. The blurriest one for me is the fourth one. Like, both times I've seen it, I found it kind of forgettable. At least with the fourth one, I remember the cold open really well, how it's like uh, it changes and changes. And I sure. think that's really fun. I and I actually do think, it. like, I remember the twist in it. It was like, I think it's one of the better ones. I don't think any of the twists on who's the killer is have ever been that great, except for the first one. Yeah. Because they always are trying to one up it. But yeah. Yeah. Especially like five and six. Like, I, maybe this is a spoiler. I, I'm not spoiling who it is, but I'll just say like five and six. It's not very satisfying no. at all. Like, whatsoever. I, I would say five is almost a slightly better, but not uh, really. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I would say, like, I'm not crazy about three and four. I know a lot of people really like four, and I've tried, you know, both times to get into it, and I don't know. I just don't. I, I'm out of the loop with that one. I, I don't get what people see in it. I think it's just the. Uh, People trying to, you know, uh, appreciate Wes Craven's last film. And also the fact that Kevin Williamson came back. Like, I don't know. I still just find it fairly disappointing. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I will say, uh, for me, I I guess I do, I think, remember more of the characters from 4 than I do 5. Just because watching this 6 film, I kind of felt like, oh, like, even though this is only a year ago that I saw this previous film, like... I'm kind of like at a loss. I had to be for, reminded, right? Had, who these people are? Yeah, I had are. to be like, oh yeah, Randy is their uncle. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, and then like Melissa Barrera is like you know Ski Urch's daughter, which I, I remember that was I forgot about last that one, too. I was like, forgot about that. Uh, <laughs> Billy Loomis, for those who don't know the actor, uh, yeah, yeah. So she plays like his like illegitimate daughter. And uh, Jenna Ortega is her half sister, and I don't remember Ortega much from that last movie because she's not in it a ton. Because she's she's the one who's in the cold open and she almost dies, and then you know it's a lot of the movie she's on in the hospital, right? Uh, and then she ha- she has more to do in Scream Six for yeah. sure. And then there's that one guy who's just like, "We're the the core four, everybody." And I was like, "Who who are you? Like I don't remember you at all." <laughs> Yeah, core who (laughs) i remember him sort of uh yeah he plays uh chad um played by mason gooding and um mindy is his sister and uh you know sure they they were the ones who didn't die in the last one um i don't know i mean i'm i mean not to jump ahead too much but i feel like this movie has the right mindset of like okay we can't just rely on the old players we need to make sure these new guys and gals are like taking the center focus here and are really driving the the plot this time around like that's good uh editorializing but i just don't think these new characters are that memorable or that interesting (laughs) but they they really try to rest a lot of the interest on melissa barrera's yeah uh, she plays sam carpenter who struggles to be like is she as bad as ghostface the internet has turned against her this is our cancel culture one i guess you know where she's been canceled for her connection or how she like killed ghostface in the last movie the loosest about trying to incorporate like a meta theme to it like uh, you know, like the one, the the Randy substitute this time. I, f- I forget her name. 
Mindy. Uh, Mindy, yeah. She says, and she's like, played by uh, Jasmine Savoy Brown. Yeah. Yeah. Like she tries to do a thing where it's like, we're a franchise now. It's like, well, what were you before? You, yeah. Yeah. You are already a franchise. <laughs> but no, you're the sequel to the re- reboot legacy sequel. Yeah this, yeah. this is the sequel to the requel. It's like, okay, it's still kind of flimsy. Like, I get that they're like kind of trying to do Scream 2 again like scream two two but also not trying to do that but uh yeah i don't know it, it script they kind wise, of call on that they're like hey this is what happened in, in scream two right so i don't know it just feels a lot flimsier to me this time maybe yeah. that's just because the script was probably pretty rushed to make uh you know that uh quick coming release date but yeah i don't know it, it I, i'll wait to offer my thoughts but yeah i, I don't think sure. the script is quite as uh as compact we only have uh, three legacy characters this time. And uh, so Nev Campbell does not make an appearance. Um, she reportedly was like, you know what? I, I'm not going to do this again. You all don't pay me enough. And uh, respect to her because that is true. Uh, but this time around, we do have Courtney Cox uh, as Gail Weathers. She's back. And uh, we also have Hayden Panettiere uh, returning uh, from uh, Scream 4. And there's a new little update to like what's going, been going on with her. And then you already mentioned me like we have Skeetle, right? And he's uh, not not alive, but you know he's just like a figment of Melissa Barrera's imagination, which I never understood. Like she's able to imagine her father. Like did she have him on VHS? Like how does she know what he looked like? Like or, I mean, I don't know. How does she imagine that stuff? Uh, I feel bad for poor Skeet that even uh, you know past uh, his time with the living, he's still aging in real time. <laughs> it's like. You know, your soul does yeah, yeah, not yeah. rest, bud. Well, even in the Scream franchise, he does, uh, his ghost does, uh, you know, Riverdale. And yeah. That's why. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, yeah. So, I mean, the, you know, the setup of these movies. We have another cold open. We have another ghost face thing going on. Um, who are the killers? Who, what do you think? Like, you'll probably figure it out about 20 minutes in. And if not, like, you'll, you know, it, it, again, it's one of those things where, like, I, I can't imagine feeling accomplished after guessing it right. Like there's a whole running thing of like one of the characters is just like, Oh, I want to get this right. And I was like, why? Who cares? Like, it's just going to happen every movie. I, I think where these movies are suffering a bit at this point, and, and maybe the last movie, I gave it a little bit more credit because I was like, well, you know, I, I, I think they were trying a few things that were clever in this one. I think they're just kind of resting on repeating the same beats of the last one where it's like, this is our scene where the movie savvy character explains how movies work. Okay. Um, but, and we also have this like ridiculous assertion, um, that Candyman is apparently the re apparently the remake will Ashen is as good as the original, which who decided that <laughs> Wait, uh, I mean, are we rewriting Candyman history here? I know we were both more negative than most in the recent Candyman, So I was kind of, I thought most people were negative on that. Am I forgetting history? I mean, I thought they had like an 80 something percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That's got to be nonsense. I, I mean, Rotten Tomatoes game for John this time around. I'm looking it up right now. 84%. Who decided this? Yeah, I thought it was pretty what high. Yeah. Doing? Okay. Well, all right. I'll take the yellow on that one. But okay. In terms of uh, this movie, I'll say it here and then I want to know what you think. I, I think this movie peaks in the cold open. I actually think the cold open is kind of good. Better than the last one, for sure. And I think better better than they've been in a while. Because it does something kind of really cool. But then, the rest of the movie doesn't operate on that same level of like, let's really think through what a screen movie can be and how we can make this kind of refreshing and, and thrilling in its own way. So, that's kind of where I'm at with this movie. I don't hate it or anything, but I definitely was like, let down a bit. 
I definitely agree with you about the cold open. I thought it was uh, the strongest part of the film, mainly because it was the only thing that really felt like they were taking a risk and doing something different. And uh, I thought they're kind of teasing something pretty interesting, which is like, you know, it ends with, uh, you know, once uh, a certain character gets slashed, Ghostface is oh, like... don't say anything. I don't want to... We shouldn't spoil anything at all. Okay. Well, I'll just say that uh, they have a line that suggests that, like, Ghostface is going to move away from movies. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Like, okay, like, are we going to do it, like, streaming now? Or is it, like, true crime? Like, what's going to go on here? And then, you know, it's just mostly, like, you know, the same old conventions and formats. But throughout the film, you know, even though it is a little bit more violent and grisly as far as the uh, the gore is concerned, uh, I feel like the movie keeps trying to, like, tease the idea that it's going to do something a little bit more inventive or change the formula at all. But it doesn't. It just is very, very conventional. And it feels like a kind of snaking its tail moment where it's pretty by the numbers as far as these uh, studio-based franchise movies go, but because it's Scream, it has this need to feel like meta and, you know, act like it's better than the genre. It kind of creates this weird Catch-22 where it just feels like it's trying to be a serviceable entry in a long-standing franchise of a franchise that has, you know, throughout most of its, its, most of its existence tried to kind of one-up itself and be ahead of the curve and, like, not play to the the basics and it kind of creates this weird you know uh mishmash that i don't think uh really works yeah i think in this movie um i i think it's it's a missed opportunity to set it in new york and not really take advantage of that a lot like there's this idea where lots of people dress up as ghost face now and it's kind of it feels a little bit late to do the slender man thing but that's kind of what it's evoking kind of you know like where people have this like sick fascination with something pretty serious and they don't care how that interacts with the trauma of like the real people involved but like you set a screen movie in new york i i, I feel like you are setting the stage to really up everything. And they kind of do in the sense, like you said, like it is gorier. There is a bigger budget with this. They try to do like bigger, more audacious set pieces. But I think what this movie, what this movie ultimately is missing is like the why of everything. A lot of that doesn't really connect. You have the whole why of what's going on with Melissa Barrera's character feeling the like generational impact of what happened to her, which is, I guess a little bit similar to Candyman. Now that I think about it, the new one, but you also kind of are trying to like weave in the the motivation of who who ghost faces right and without i'm not going to give anything away here but i just think it's so thoroughly underwhelming i think the last movie actually did a better job of landing that uh, at least in the idea of like why would somebody do this i think was a little bit more sort of like with the times and this one it just felt kind of like they had decided what they had wanted to do and then built the whole movie like around that instead of actually like, I don't know, putting everything together in, in a more like meticulous fashion, which I think, I think is missing from this movie. And yeah, I, I think it's a bit of a miss. I'm kind of curious too how it's going to, you know, spark the, the the next movie because they, I think they're going to make another one. This movie is killing it box office wise. Uh, it's already made 75 million. It's a $35 million budget, I think. And this thing's only, it hasn't been out a week. Uh, so they're going to make another one, but I just, I just hope that they, they kind of lose that attitude that I think you just mentioned too. It's like, I, you know, why, it, it does feel a little bit holier than thou, a little self-righteous about the horror genre when, you know, the, I don't know, at least with the last movie, they kind of took shots at like the, the conversation around elevated horror. What is this movie taking shots at? Well, it's kind of taking shots, I guess a little bit at, you know, 
remake franchises, but they don't really go that far with it, do they? Unless unless I'm missing it from when I saw it. I mean, I do appreciate that this one is a little bit more in tune with being about horror. Like I remember the fifth one was trying to incorporate legacy sequels as a whole to the point where they were bringing up like Star Wars, like Force Awakens. We disagree there. I, I liked that. I, I actually thought that that was fun. I don't know. I think that's a little, maybe a little too broad reaching for Scream. But I get what you're saying, where it's like, it, it's, it is putting its finger on the pulse in a way at this movie, I don't really feel like it's commenting on anything in particular. It just kind of feels like it's sort of trying to comment on some things like cancel culture, like you mentioned, or the idea of like people being fascinated with true crime and having this weird sort of six uh, fixation on it. I don't know. It's like ripe with material for things to explore there, but I don't know. It just kind of feels a bit perfunctory, which feels more notable to me in a franchise like this, which is usually more cunning and more able to kind of, uh, you know, play against expectations, even when it's not a particularly good film. Like they, even the weaker installments have been able to kind of play up that. And I feel like this one doesn't in a way that is uh, just really disappointing. Yeah. Like I bet you, they may have like originally thought, Oh, we could do, we could base the twist around that idea of like true crime around that idea of actually like making something speak to how like people are obsessed and trying to cause or be like integrated with a like actual real life issue stuff like this and how they trivialize it right and they ended up not doing that and i wonder if that's because it just seems like all the movies have kind of gone there already and like when you really think about it like the, the stab movies in general like it, it's been repeated over and over again this idea that like these characters the, the people who like undergo these tragedies have to continue existing in a world that makes a spectacle out of it and I think there is room to do a screen movie that actually kind of pokes at that more and actually like says something about it beyond, but we're doing it anyway. We're going to do another, you know, sort of thing and have a lot of fun, uh, which, you know, I think is what people want. And I think they're making the right business money decision, I guess. But yeah, when it comes to like, we get to the end and then we find out why we're here. I think that's why it leaves at least me and maybe a lot of other people pretty unsatisfied because it ends up not saying anything that interesting. I don't know. It just left me appreciating Scream 2 more than I already did. The fact that it was able to kind of be under similar constraints, but Kevin Williamson and Wes Craven were able to still make a movie that is, if not on par, at least pretty close to what they were able to capture with that first movie. Maybe timing constraints, but they have both movies, I think, had the benefits of like way bigger budgets, but then also the downside of like bigger expectations. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I mean, not to say that that second movie is perfect, but I feel like compared to this movie, it's pretty night and day. That's all I have to say about Scream 6. Um, was there anything else you wanted to bring up? Yeah, I mean, the big thing, one of my bigger complaints, I was curious where you landed on this, is that uh, I think this one, when it comes to the horror and the comedy, I think the horror stuff is generally fine. Like, I think the opening, like we mentioned, is solid. I do like the subway scene well enough. Like, I think it's pretty well executed and fairly tense. Um, so I don't take a much issue with the horror aspects. What I do take issue with though, is a comedy, which I think is completely down arrival for most of this movie in a really tiresome and kind of excruciating way. Like I know they have to have comedy in this cause it's a screen movie, but every single joke in my press screen, I think landed with a thud. <laughs> Like it was kind of yeah, embarrassing. To yeah. Watch. Nobody reacted uh, at ours. Yeah, um, and, was, and there were people like, 
this wasn't a press screening. I, I went to like an actual audience, you know, public screening and, or like, I just, I just went public, you know? Mm-hmm. And so this was a crowd that was like primed for this movie. And I think, uh, maybe there was like one or two laughs chuckles. Yeah. I mean, there was something I chuckled at, but I mean, yeah, it was, that was like it, like no one else. I don't remember anyone else in my theater laughing at all. Uh, yeah, it just felt very, very noticeable to me this time. Like the last movie, like it wasn't, you know, a stitch, but at least had some of the comedy beats working for it. Uh, this one it just felt like it was completely dead when it came to the comedy, which is not great for a screen movie. And as usual, it's hard to talk about it more without really getting into you know stuff that I think people wouldn't want to be spoiled on. I'm sure I mean, we're talking about this at a time when the movie's been out for a little bit. I'm sure all, most people listening to this have already seen the movie, but mm. for those who have not, uh, I'll, I'll just say, you know, I I didn't watch the trailer or anything. I, I didn't really have an idea like what this movie was going to be getting into, and I, I had kind of have the feeling that it didn't really matter. Like I feel like I could have watched the trailer for this and it would have been had a, a pretty similar experience because it's just not a movie that I think is all that surprising in anywhere that it goes. Like none of the set pieces, I was just like, wow, glad I wasn't spoiled on that. Although I did have a sense of the subway thing because there were general marketing things that I saw. Like I, I can't, I couldn't scroll Twitter without seeing like a, a, a couple of like frames, you know, of them, Melissa Barrera and Jenna Ortega on the subway. But yeah, uh, I, if anything, I thought that that whole sequence, I guess is supposed to be the big one. And I felt kind of nothing during that sequence personally I, I didn't i didn't really feel that tension for some reason i mean i was like on the edge of my seat but i thought it was like effective for what it was going for uh fair enough fair enough um yeah i mean other than that uh i will say jen ortega i haven't watched wednesday yet but i mean that lady's a star like watching this movie like she is well and above the other cast members here and they're not you know the new guys aren't bad per se, but I mean, like, she just, like, you know, has that movie star charisma in here, and it's just like, yeah, it's pretty undeniable you're gonna be the famous one of the four, of the core four. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, there's something about her presence as an actor. I, I, I can't quite exactly articulate what it is with her that I think, like, kind of just, I, I, I do think that she has, like, a big following, right? She ha- A lot of people I think like to watch her. I, I think it's just, like, just yeah, maybe it's just pure charisma. She's, she just delivers her lines in a more interesting way than other actors. Is it that simple? I mean, I think it's just that she just feels very real. And like, I don't know, like, I mean, I've mentioned before, maybe it's because of the um, Wednesday thing, but she just has that kind of uh, Christina Ritchie or Winona Ryder thing going for her right now, where it's, you know, she just has like a sort of like girl next door vibe that feels very real and present, but she's also, you know, pretty uh, versatile. She can do different genre films and drama films and, and comedy and, you know, prove herself uh, in a very organic way. And I don't know, I just think that's going to uh, pay off very well as her career, you know, precedes her. Should we play the Rotten Tomatoes game? Yeah, I guess so. All right, Scream 6. Scream 6. The last Scream... um, Actually, I won't say what what the Rotten Tomatoes score was for the last one, because I want to see... I want to see if you can predict if this one's lower or higher. So, okay, we'll say the uh, 241 reviews have been counted. So what's your guess for the critic score for Scream 6? Okay, this is for the sixth one. Um, Yeah. I think it's high. I think the last one's probably higher. Um, I don't remember what that one was, but, uh, I think this one, I think it's going to be in the 78% range and 78% range. Or are you guessing 78? Sorry, 78. 
<laughs> yeah, you can't have it both ways. Uh, what does that even mean, too? It's just like it's know. it's a seventy-eight, but it's, well, the range. Excuse me. But, yeah, seventy-eight point five. You're two off. Uh, do you think it's seventy-six or eighty? I think it's eighty. It's not. It's seventy-six. Oh, okay. Yeah, audience score. What do you think? We have twenty-five hundred plus verified ratings. What's your guess? Well, I bet it's high. I bet it's like eighty-five. Even higher, it's 92. Now, do you think Scream 6 has a higher score or a lower score than Scream 5? I think I already said it, but... I well, think, yeah, you, uh, you guessed it was Scream 5 is higher? Yeah, I think Scream 5 is higher. You're wrong. It's not higher, and it's not lower. Oh, it's it's six, exactly the same. Wow, okay. At least right now. Uh, it's 76%, and, uh, but it has a lower audience score, 81%, which is interesting. Um so clearly, I think the the reaction, I guess, from uh, the studio from Paramount is going to be like, eh, we, we did it. Let's make another one. No, no issue. I really liked it. I mean, I, I kind of figured a third one was, uh, or it's rather inevitable. a seventh one is uh, inevitable at this point. That third one in the new sort of like yeah. franchise. Yeah. Um, okay. And then uh, we can move on over to the cinema score. What do you think the cinema score is for this one? Um... I think it's like positive, but not overwhelming. Like I think it's like a solid B. It's a little higher than that. It's B plus. B plus. Okay. I'm surprised you guessed that low with the audience score being 92. I, I thought you were gonna get this one dot on. Well, but was it last week perfect. that we like the score for the cinema score and the audience score didn't match up? Oh sure, it's not perfect science. <laughs> I won't say that. Um, okay. As for Letterboxed. Uh, this has a lot of watches, 132,000. And of course, we are recording this a while after the movie came out. So it could be a little bit higher than usual. But uh, in terms of the average rating from zero to five, what do you think? Uh, 3.2. Mm, bit higher. 3.8. Oh, a lot wow. higher than I would have thought. Yeah, that's yeah, much no. higher. Well, I'm seeing, I'm seeing a lot of people. Maybe this was like the first wave of people we, we know who saw it. But I'm seeing like three and a half and fours. Uh, now, I, you know, some of them are kind of low. Like Kimber Myers, friend of the show, gave it a two. Oh, wow. And uh, I don't, I'm not quite that low, but I think I'm more in line with her than uh, others probably. Uh, and, and in usual Corey Woodruff fashion, he just put a little bit of a little, little review instead mm-hmm. of, uh, you know. Well, he links his review, I should say. Yeah. But he doesn't do the little hearts. That's how I know this ain't a Corey uh, wreck. Uh, but Matt Donato... Big friend of the show. He gave it a three and a half. So some yeah. people are saying, you know what? I'm screaming for more. I thought Corey liked the movie. I, I talked to him briefly about it, but. Um, okay. Yeah. I Isaac Feldberg gave it one and a half stars, which, uh, you know, we, we could have predicted there. Uh, but then Alex Dowd uh, gave it three and a half stars, which. Hmm. What are you going to do? You know, sometimes life is just full of surprises and, and uh, magic. You know, you just never know what's going to happen next, which I appreciate. Yeah, I, I, I did like genuinely. I did see some people like really like this one. So uh, great for them. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I it it doesn't like baffle me, but I am a little confused as to why this one, uh, you know, really satisfied a lot of people. Like I don't know. It just I, I would have invited one of them on the show, but when I asked you, you were just like, "No, I wanted I want you all to myself, John." Hmm. And I was like, "Well, that's very sweet, Will." Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I just I I just found it to be fairly underwhelming. I don't know. It didn't really like muster up a lot of emotions kind of similar to you where it's like i wasn't like passionately angry about the film or anything i was just kind of like mm-hmm. yeah it was whatever it's okay i wonder if it would have been different if we had talked about it sooner because part of it too for me is i just genuinely like have not thought about this movie much over the last week yeah and i mean 
I haven't really paid a lot of mind outside of people talking about it, but yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, even still, I'm just kind of like, yeah, I don't know. It's and I haven't a- been watching a lot of movies. I mean, the only other movie I watched in the last week was John Wick, the new one. And, uh, you know, that I feel like I had plenty of time to process Scream 6 and be like, I want to see it again or sure. something like that. But I didn't. I, I didn't see uh, 65, the Adam Driver movie that's like kind of a Jurassic Park meets uh, a sci-fi kind of thing. Hmm. Um, I, I'm assuming that you, you you wanted to watch it pretty badly, but you just you just missed it by the uh, by, by a hair split. I'm pretty excited. I was a little disappointed that the reviews are pretty negative. Like I've heard it's boring. And I'm like, how is it boring? I mean, it's an interesting question considering (laughs) the kinds of things we've watched that should not have been boring, but are. That's true. That's true. Yeah. But all right, that'll do it for our review of Scream 6. I think uh, our next, uh, what's the next thing we're going to talk about? Shazam, Fury of the Gods? Is that what we're talking about? You didn't see your screening of it, so I don't know. I, well, I mean, I'll have to see it in a different uh, a different time or a different way. Because I, I, I'm not a fan of Luther. So I haven't seen the new Luther movie with Idris Elba on yeah. Netflix. Um, and I think uh, John Wick. Uh, I did see the new John Wick, but I don't think that comes out till next week, right? With a good, I, And a good person as well. I believe, yeah. I believe those are not for another week or so. Yeah. So I think I think Shazam's the ticket this week. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll catch it eventually. Yeah, we'll, I mean, I'm, we'll not, I'm not opposed. That last one was fine. Uh, but the yeah, other movie I think we could, we could throw on if we were both just like hey, I can make it because I heard I heard the new Shazam uh, the reviews aren't out um, yeah. but I heard it's not as good um, I actually heard from a few people it's kind of bad mm. um, but I don't know it's still kind of early uh, in fact on Rotten Tomatoes I'm kind of looking at it it's looking like some reviews are sort of trickle in a bit but there was that movie Inside with Willem Dafoe were you going to watch that one? I thought about it I heard that one's actually pretty bad like I heard that I, one. Is, I heard uh, that it's bad in an interesting way. So I'm kind of, you know, oh. it's, it's a it's about a an art thief, yeah. played by Willem Dafoe. No, I've seen that which trailer. Which I'm kind of like, yeah. You watch the trailer? Oh, I've seen the trailer plenty of times. Yeah, I don't. Oh, I can't is say. It, is it one of the ones that pops up too much? Uh, not too much, but I've seen it uh, more times than I need to. All but right. uh, I don't know. I can't say that your uh, your pitch is too enticing to me. Uh, another superhero movie sequel that is lesser than the other ones and it doesn't seem like there's a lot of buzz for it even though a lot of people really like that first shazam uh, a lot like i you know uh and then you have this other movie it's supposed to be bad but like bad in a way that's not even fun but interesting so i don't know i can't mm. say i'm uh, uh i'm too excited for what's in store this weekend I mean, if we went indie, we could always talk about an indie movie that hit uh recently called of an age uh we didn't get to oh, that I heard one. that was pretty good yeah i mean i don't know if that's yeah. uh uh, still playing near me, but uh, I don't know either. But uh, that's I think that's the only one that I'm even aware of at the moment. There was uh, Emily, the movie with uh, uh, what the actress. Um, what's her name? The the actress who oh, Emma Mackey. Yeah. Um, from uh, Sex, from Sex Education. Education. Yeah. Yeah. This this was like a festival release last year. And I think it just hit the States. And yeah. uh, I want to see it. Uh, yeah. I heard that it's actually pretty good. It's about the making or rather the writing of uh, Withering Heights, right? Yeah, it's a it's a gothic story, um, and it's uh, definitely one like I, I've never read the novel, but I you know I've, it's considered one of the greats. So, anyway, we'll action. Yeah, let's get out of here. Sure, I did see also uh, the Outwaters. I don't know if that's one that's of interest to you. We'll action. Yeah, let's get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, from the see internet, you all next Pennsylvania. time from the internet <laughs> where I am right now, John Agroni. And from the internet, Pennsylvania, I'm Washington. See you next time. All right, bye.